1: Into episode 167 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. The Sources Say Podcast is presented, as always, by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations. That's on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Tom, Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson look forward to seeing you soon I am your host Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country Sean how the heck are you
0: fantastic Jack how are you
1: oh it was a it was a Sunday I can I can tell you that it was it it, of all the Sundays that I've had it was one of them Um, we uh, didn't do a post game show immediately after the game ended because I was doing post game work and you know, with the SEC bracket and stuff coming out Saturday evening, that was kind of the main focus. So, wasn't able to record immediately after the game. And then Sunday, I host my radio show from 9 a.m. to noon, uh, Sunday morning sports talk uh, on WLAP. So, I, I was planning on coming home, Sean, and immediately after the uh radio show and sitting down with you like always and recording uh, our post game show talking about Kentucky's win in Gainesville over Florida and then uh all hell decides to break loose the timing of Sky Clark's decommitment from Kentucky and what it means and all that stuff completely took over the whole the whole day i i was uh, juggling interviews. I, I talked to Sky and his dad. We had uh, both of them on uh, a separate episode of Sources Say. If you haven't listened to that, please go on and do that. It's great stuff from both of them. Um, so that kind of took up the whole bulk of the day. I, re- I I worked on my only day off on Sunday, so it was uh, a little bit frustrating. The timing was was a little rough, but uh, Sean, we're finally back in our normal groove leading up to the SEC tournament uh, in Tampa. So, uh, we're going to obviously have to, we're, we're going to talk about Sky's decommitment commitment and kind of what comes next, what, who could be some potential replacement options, those sorts of things. Uh, we'll end the show with that because uh, we did just have a whole episode dedicated to the interview with sky. So we'll definitely get to, uh, the, the Kentucky game itself and kind of what it means on on that front, the SEC tournament bracket, that kind of stuff. Uh, all of that is official, so let's start the show with that, Sean. Kentucky wins in Gainesville, 71-63. to 63. It was uh, uh, a, a lot of good, some bad, uh, but more importantly, what we talked about before the show, uh, they got out of there with a win and solidified that three-seed in the SEC tournament. Uh, uh, at, at, when push comes to shove at the end of the day, that's all that mattered. It is that's all that mattered was to get out of the regular season with another
0: win. They're fourth straight in Gainesville, which I hadn't even realized. Uh, they're fourth straight. I mean they the last game that they lost down there was the Shea Giltis Alexander year, which was my first year on the beat. Then they had that epic comeback. pretty sure that was actually two years ago today, if I'm not mistaken, and then last uh, the, the win last year and then this one. It's pretty impressive to win fourth straight in that building, a building where Auburn lost a couple of weeks ago. They Auburn, Florida's beaten some good teams there. Kentucky took care of business. Oscar Shibwe is, is the guy. I mean, what what more can you say, Jack, about the the guy that's going to be the national player of the year? He's going to be a unanimous first-team All-American, well, at least should be. I know Sporting News released theirs this morning and named him a first-team All-American. He was the only unanimous selection on the first team, which just goes to show you the type of year these had. Uh, but he was amazing. You, I know you had Tata Washington. That was the guy that I picked to, to go off for 20-plus. He had a really good start and then didn't score, hit a basket, and hit four free throws down the stretch. That was good to see. Uh, Savir Wheeler did some good things. Just a good win to close the regular season, stay healthy, and then get into this SEC tournament where it's going to be absolutely wild. How about this? Three teams today from the SEC ranked in the top ten of the AP poll. Arkansas at number 15. The SEC deserves a one seed in the NCAA tournament if its winner is Auburn or Kentucky.
1: Yeah, I think that's that shouldn't. I think Joe Lunardi's latest bracketology. He said that two of the SEC teams are uh, Auburn and Kentucky are competing for that last spot in the uh, in among one seeds. I believe he said that Gonzaga and Arizona have all but locked up their uh they're, I guess, the number one and number two seed overall. And and I, I think a group of four is competing for those last two spots. Uh, and Shawnee said that two of them are, are SEC teams. So, what a, uh, you know, there's still a very, very, very slim outside shot that both get the one seed, I believe. But you're talking both of them probably going to finish out being uh, two of the top six you, seeds overall, which is pretty darn impressive in its own right. You would have to have a lot of chaos happen in the Big 12.
0: I think for both of them to get a one seed, that just the way it looks. And we'll get into all of this and we're going to get into an SEC tournament preview and everything. But to me, Baylor and Kansas, whoever wins the Big 12 gets a one. And then if it's Kentucky or Auburn, whoever wins the SEC gets a one. The only scenario that concerns me when it comes to a one seed, if you're a big fan of Kentucky getting a one, would be Kansas winning the Big 12 and losing or in beating a close game against Baylor. Because Baylor would have probably 13, 14 quad one wins, the most in college basketball. Kansas would be the Big 12 winner. Uh, Maybe the committee goes with both of those. But then I could also see, too, where Kentucky could sneak in there and Auburn sneak in there as well. Like, let's say Iowa State or someone else kind of runs through the Big 12 and wins that tournament, SEC might get two, especially if those two teams are playing on Sunday. It's going to be a fun week in Tampa. But I just feel like when you look – the SEC is the only conference that has four teams currently projected in the top 16 seeds. That is a really good thing for the league, and all four of those teams can make noise in the postseason. I think the SEC deserves a one seed for sure. I mean, it's been that type of year in the league.
1: And it, it just makes me think that what we're going to see in Tampa is going to be absolute chaos from start to finish, Sean. uh So many really good teams. I think there are uh, several Pretty good teams and a lot of very good teams and as you see, you know, I, I even think those middle of the pack uh, LSU's and and you know Alabama's those those are teams that can definitely make a run uh, could definitely upset some some teams and Kentucky very well likely will play the uh, Alabama in that first round on Friday evening but then you got Tennessee you got Arkansas you got Kentucky you got Auburn I mean this is a a very strong. Uh, Middle of the pack to the top of the the conference. It's a lot of very very good talent that I think. Uh, you, I, you know, if if you were to tell me now that. Uh, two teams were from the ACC were going to make it to the sweet 16. Uh, you, you know, I, I think it could have been any, I think it could be Tennessee. I think it could be obviously Kentucky and, and Auburn. And I think Arkansas can do it. Shoot. It wouldn't shock me if, if Alabama got randomly hot and, and they made a run if LSU kind of locked in defensively in, in in the tournament and they uh, made, made a little bit of noise. I'm just saying for if, if, I think this team this conference has a lot of of upset potential, a lot of uh, a lot of teams that can make some noise in those first couple rounds in the NCAA tournament that I think uh, could definitely uh, give gives a lot of, uh, of opportunities for Sweet 16 matchups potentially uh, among SEC teams.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I was talking about the scenario for a one seed there, and and I think that this could play out, too. Let's say that Baylor doesn't win the Big 12, but Kentucky wins the SEC. Baylor has a lot of quad one wins, but Kentucky has a chance here. Let's say they play Alabama and then beat Tennessee and, and let's say just Auburn. Let's just, you know, advance chalk in that tournament. That'd be three quad one wins. That would get Kentucky to 11 quad one victories. So then they'd be in a handful of teams, maybe three or four or five teams. In college basketball, they have double-digit quad one wins. Then you get to looking at Kentucky and Baylor. Baylor lost at Alabama. Kentucky won at Alabama. Baylor lost at Kansas. Kentucky dominated at Kansas. Maybe the committee looks at that and decides Kentucky's the one. But this is fun, right? Six games until Selection Sunday, and there's so many different scenarios that could play out. Wisconsin just lost to an eight-win Nebraska team that (laughs) Wisconsin team that I thought could have played their way into a one seed. And now with that loss this late, I don't see it. I know uh, Johnny Davis and stuff didn't play as much in that game, but it's still a bad loss when you show up on paper and on that resume. But this is going to be a wild week. You're going to have a lot of upsets, I think, in these conference tournaments that are going to kind of
1: be a preview for what we'll see in the main tournament here in a week and a half or so. I mean, I look at this SEC tournament, Sean, and I, I, I couldn't tell you who's going to win it. Like, I, I genuinely think that it's it's absolutely up for grabs. Anybody from that top four group, uh, I think, it has a very strong chance of winning it. I, Arkansas could win it. Uh, I, I know that, you know, Auburn's obviously there. And, you know, I, I don't think Bruce Pearl is for, uh, has fared very well uh, in the SEC tournament. I think beyond their two deep runs uh, the, during his time there, I think he's like, nine and ten in in SEC tournament games which is really not good for a team for you know a a team of their caliber so you know maybe they get upset early but uh, you know I I think Tennessee can win it I think Arkansas can win it I think obviously Kentucky can uh, as well just a very very well-rounded group that I I think we're going to see a lot of chaos we're definitely very very much excited for that trip to to Tampa Mm -hmm. I'm I'm heading I'm flying out uh Thursday morning at like 5 a.m and then uh, from there on out, it is basketball for for four straight days. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun. Yeah,
0: it it is. But I, we got to say this, and then we'll get into Kentucky's win versus Florida. But how have we not sat here and cracked one open and celebrated that loss for Duke? Oh man, <laughs> you, you were on one the other day, man. Like your Twitter feed was nothing. <laughs> the tweet that was ha 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 breathe, and then ha 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 was <laughs> literally one of the best things you've ever done. And, and I just I'm starting to wonder, Jack, that. This farewell tour that he's gone on. I mean, he's deserving, right? I mean, we we make fun of Duke. Sure. Coach K is yes. a legend, but having and I know Jeff Goodman mentioned it, I believe, yesterday, but how young this Duke team is. I know what their their superstars are young. You had 96 former Duke players there the other day. Can you imagine the pressure to win that basketball game against your hated rival? I mean, there's there's a oh, lot of pressure to oh, see oh, yeah. now. And I mean, it's just North Carolina played well. Now they're in the top twenty-five today. And they were a team a week or so ago that were like, are they gonna make the tournament? Is that gonna be a quad two win for Kentucky? No, they're they're up to like the top 30 of the net now. And they were like 40 <laughs> So no, it makes Kentucky's resume stronger.
1: No, that uh and I, I will thank you for tossing me the alley for a a little mini Duke rant because I think it is absolutely deserved. Um it was it was one of the most joyous occasions of my life. I must admit, it's uh it, it it was a phenomenal night. I don't know if I've ever laughed as hard as I did seeing all those Duke fans crying in the stands and uh, just all of the money in the drool fest that ESPN put on and put into that week and then. Uh, the coach K cam that you know you got to see him going to take a leak and oh is he going number one or number two uh, think that, that that's I, I you know it, what what is Coach K going to do on his last day of of his uh, of his career to close out the regular season There's just so many stupid things that happened leading up to this week. It's like yes, celebrate this legend. He absolutely deserves this. Uh, I, I mean, uh, up there for the best coach of all time. I totally, totally understand why, you know, the magnitude of this event. But goodness gracious, for for a week straight, it was a nonstop drill fest. You know, ESPN pumped thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into that game. And, I mean, fans spent, I mean, upwards of you saw the prices. There were fans that paid uh, like $100,000 for uh, for a, a, a seat, $250,000 for a seat. Like, the, the uh, one of the uh, moms there in the stands uh, had a sign that said, uh, "I I spent my entire uh, child's inheritance on the on this ticket." Things like that. It's like how stupid. Just oh, it, it was just so beautiful seeing them lose the way they did, and then having Coach K come back out there and snarl at the fans and go. Everybody, be quiet! Be quiet! Be quiet! This was unacceptable. Oh man, just could you imagine you spending two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a ticket and then having the coach that you're there to see telling you to shut up? It was just like, oh my god, just I it, you couldn't have asked for a better night. Kentucky wins that game. It was it was a beautiful uh, way to close out the regular season. wasn't wasn't super pretty, but they got it done. Did exactly what we said, and then immediately following that, you get. The uh, Duke Cry Fest. It was just, it was beautiful television. One of my, one of my favorite uh, TV events of my life.
0: Yeah, and in other news that night, Murray State became the first team to punch its ticket to the NCAA tournament against uh, a really good Morehead State team. So, Kentucky, a Kentucky school, is the first one in. And I'm gonna go ahead and make a prediction. Kentucky will see Memphis or Murray State early in the NCAA tournament. The committee is going to try to match. Them up with a Murray State as a seven or an eight, depending on if Kentucky's a two or a one, and then Memphis. I can see it now as that eleven seed that that beats a six or something, and then Kentucky plays them as a two at some point in the tournament. I just they're gonna those two teams that wouldn't shock me
1: at all if they're both in Kentucky's bracket, and that would be very. Uh, you know, I would like to see Memphis. I, I think uh, probably in in that you know I wouldn't be opposed to seeing them in that round of thirty two game. Um, just because I have talked endless trash about Memphis and Penny Hardaway as a coach and um, the Amani Bates experiment at point guard, I, I do think it would be fun and it'd be a great storyline. But uh, I would I would prefer maybe a, a little bit of an of an easier route because Memphis is playing. I- admittedly, they're playing very well lately. Got to give my give props where it's due. If I'm going to talk trash about them earlier in the year, I have to uh, acknowledge their success late. Uh, they have played very, very well, and I don't think it's a coincidence in the slightest that we haven't seen uh, Amani Bates play basketball uh, since January, and I think that's a big part of why they have been so successful is because uh, running him at point guard like they did earlier in the year was coaching malpractice, and I cannot believe they did that. I can't believe they put the ball in his hands and and try to make something out of that uh, when it made no sense from the start. So uh, I would I, I would appreciate the storyline and the narratives that would come with it, but uh, I, I do. I will admit they're playing very good basketball. And Murray State's a heck of a team, too. I, that's not a t- I mean, the way they shoot, the way they score, I would not want to play them uh, early on either. Uh, but I completely agree. It would not shock me at all if, if the selection committee decided to do that.
0: Yeah, and that bracket's going to be interesting, too. Like Philly, you know, Philly being a region there in the east, does Villanova get put in Philly? Because if they do, I mean, things could get very interesting. I wouldn't want to play Villanova in Philadelphia.
1: I uh, No, that sounds absolutely horrible, and and I know the, some of the latest uh, latest options, I believe, had us uh, projected to go to Chicago uh, as a either one or two seed, which would align uh, directly with the McDonald's All-American game, which is happening the same weekend uh, in the Sweet 16 slash Elite Eight. So that would definitely be uh, much more appealing than seeing Villanova in Philadelphia show.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've, I was actually looking at that, and I was like, man. If they get put in Chicago, why not just stay an extra day or two and cover that? And then maybe get to the final four in New Orleans by the end of the week. But there's a lot to play out over the next six to seven days. And we're talking the Big 10 is going to be entertaining, the Big 12, the SEC. Uh, the ACC isn't as entertaining as it has been in, in recent years because I think it's uh, the, the worst, one of the worst leagues when it comes to the Power Five, the Pac 12. Arizona seems kind of locked in there as a one seed. We know what Gonzaga's doing this is going to be a very good week of basketball. Like there's going to be a lot of me sitting in front of my TV watching basketball. I'm going to have Watch ESPN up on my laptop because there's going to be so many games that impact the next tournament here going on. That There's nothing set in stone. I know Lenardi said like six teams kind of fighting for one seed. You think Gonzaga and Arizona are locked in, and then the other four, they're trying to figure it out. But this week in Tampa, Jack, it's going to be one of the best SEC tournaments that I think we've ever seen and and I know we're talking a lot about those top 4 teams. I think any of those top 4 could win it, but you could even make a case for the field when you're talking about Alabama possibly getting hot, LSU doing its thing. You got you've seen Mississippi State play well at times. Florida can, with Colin Castillo, can they do some things? It's going to be a really really fun tournament. I just hope that Kentucky gets to see Tennessee again. I love for them to play Auburn again. I want to see Kentucky match up against these teams that are being talked about as elite elite teams and late NCAA tournament teams, like talking about that next to last weekend or that final weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, the way – if if things play out the way they should – Uh, You'll have Alabama first, Tennessee second, and then Auburn third, which is a a cool, you know, because you you, I I think a cool little added uh, storyline to the season is uh, the constant jabs that we see from John Calipari. Uh, directed toward Nate Oats and the way he's run things, and and oh, you you know if you want to take a hundred threes in a game, that's fine, but that's going to get you beat in the tournament. You know he he is definitely not been shy in terms of throwing rocks at at, at the way Nate Oats' system has run. So you definitely get uh, that in the first round, that that quarterfinal matchup, and on Friday night, then a rematch against Tennessee on Saturday afternoon, and then you wrap things up with Aubrey on Sunday. That would be one, one heck of a, of a way of a run for Kentucky that I think would produce some pretty solid wins if it if it unfolds that way.
0: Yeah. My dog just had a panic attack. I guess somebody knocked on the door.
1: <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. But she, she's, she's making her guest appearance.
0: Yeah. She tried to, she tried to eat Jack a few weeks ago. So,
1: <laughs> well, let's uh, switch back gears just a little bit to the Florida game uh, and how that unfolded. And I guess, Talking about the SEC tournament, how, uh, you know, how you're feeling going into that with how they're playing as of late. Obviously, Oscar Sheway was the storyline, 27 points, 14 rebounds. I guess they might have taken away a rebound for him because originally they they credited him with 15, but now they knocked him down to 14. Ho-hum, a, a casual 27-14. How dare you? Oh, and, and three blo- three steals and two blocks as well. Um absolutely just destroys that matchup with Colin Castleton. But as we said in the pregame show, uh, we said that, you know, that's kind of been that length and, you know, versatility and scoring has kind of been a, a something that Oscar Sheway has struggled against on the other end, kind of defending that. And that's why we said that Damian Collins could be an X factor in the game. He's declared out minutes before tip. So we were like, well, wow, go figure. We talk about him being an X factor in the game, but it ends up proving to be true that Colin Castleton has a phenomenal game. Twenty three points, 11 rebounds, really, really, uh, you know, made a dent in Kentucky's front court. Really, uh, Oscar Chibwe struggled quite a bit defending him and you know Lance Ware didn't get to play a whole lot. And it just, there wasn't a matchup, I think, that worked very well for Colin Castleton that uh, I I understand why there are some complaints and and some worry and and some concern about that moving forward going into the SEC tournament, the NCAA tournament. But uh, again, when you have a head-to-head battle where your guy uh, scores 27 and 14, I think you can allow uh, a little bit more success on the other end. I thought Xavier Wheeler, had an unbelievable game. I think he's playing some of the best basketball that we've seen him play at Kentucky. Three straight games of over 13 points. Playing very uh, with with patience, with poise. He's being careful with the basketball. He's really controlling the pace. Uh, I thought it was a, a, a phenomenal game for him. 13 points, 6 of 10 shooting. He knocks down another three, Sean. I believe he is now 11 for 23 uh, of, of his last 23 attempts from three, which is like 47% from three in that stretch. He's doing just enough to keep defenders honest, which Sean I think opens up the door for so much for this team. It, it creates more one-on-one uh, opportunities for him to break down, uh, break down defenders, uh, get to the get to the lane, get paint touches, either score uh, down low, find lobs for Oscar Sheebway, or find open open men out on the three-point line for shots. So uh, I think if he's able to just be somewhat average from deep. I think this team is a whole different uh group going into March. And that's definitely a a positive sign. I think those were t- those were the two biggest takeaways on top of Colin Castleton uh having success as well against Florida.
0: Yeah. Savir being able to knock down that shot. That changes everything for Kentucky because then you at least have to respect it, especially if he does that in Tampa and and consecutive days and you get that on film, and, and it, you can't. You have to start playing him a little bit differently. You you can't just kind of dare him to shoot. Uh, he's still not going to take very many, but if he takes two a game and he can hit one, you live with fifty percent from him every single game. Uh, just looking through the box score and stuff, I thought Jacob Toppin kind of got back to who he was. Seven rebounds. I know he only had two points. He had a really strong drive there, but I, I thought those seven rebounds really stood out to me. Tata, I want to see more from him, Jack. I've been, I've been talking to you about this over the last week. I, I've kind of been picking him to have a breakout game. That's why I think Kentucky needs to make a run at Sunday in Tampa, get some rhythm. He needs to have a game where he goes for about 22 to 23. I love for him to do that on Saturday in the semifinals or Sunday in the championship game to build some confidence because they're going to need Tata Ty to go on a scoring stretch in the NCAA tournament and get to 17 to 18 a couple of times or maybe get a game of 20-plus, if they do that, then I think that that takes them to another level. get get, Go for him against a ranked team. Do it against a really good team. Uh, I know in those games he's not had his best scoring games of the year, so you want to see him do it against really good competition, and, and Tampa will present opportunities to do that.
1: Yeah, I think you look you go down the list, Tyber Wheeler's playing his best basketball, Kellen Grady. Uh, I, I thought he had a very impressive game. Showing that he can be more than just a jump shooter, uh, I thought his he played very well as a uh, as a driver, and I think he, he had a lot of nice floater opportunities in, in the paint. Uh, I think he facilitated very well, season high uh, three assists on the day. Just a very, I think he was just very comfortable with the ball in his hands. I think uh, he is getting a little gun shy shooting the ball, and I think that's something we got to get right. Uh, he's again only three attempts from th- uh, attempts from three and he made one of them but uh, we got to get the get got to get that volume up f- with him on that note um but I, overall i still think that kellen grady's playing great basketball obviously oscar Shee was there davion Mintz is playing well you're going to get something out of either jacob toppin or keon brooks so as long as somebody from that fourth position uh, is playing well i'm okay with that and Ty is kind of the last missing piece of a guy that I think played very well against Ole Miss. And I thought it was a sign uh that he was moving in the right direction. And then he goes out, uh, gets six points on one of six shootings, zero for two from three. He does have five assists and four rebounds, one turnover. Uh, but you know, I you you really need to see, like you said, Sean, we gotta see him put the ball in the basket and and shoot. I, at this point, I'd be comfortable with him getting a 15, 16, 17 type point game. I'd love, you know, a 25-ish point game as well. You know, that that'd be preferable, but I just Want to see him have con- continued growing success where uh, he sh- he has an efficient game uh, and sees that ball go go through the hoop the hoop. I think that's the oh. final remaining piece that will make me kind of feel. Uh, as confident as I need to be going into, not just the SEC tournament, but uh, the NCAA tournament.
0: And not everyone's going to play well for six straight games, but if Tata can just get to 14 points, if he can average 14 points in the NCAA tournament, I think Kentucky cuts down the nets and wins a national championship. I really do. Because Oscar's going to do what he does. is going to push the pace. Grady's going to take open threes when he's there, and he's going to make them. Mince is going to come in and do his thing. And then you know what you're getting from the four spot. At least one of Toppin and Keon are going to play well. Some nights, maybe one night or two nights in the tournament, both play well. If Tata just gets to a consistent 14 to 15 for six straight, Kentucky is going to have a really good shot at winning a national championship. And I just think that that consistency is what they need. And you're right; they don't. He doesn't have to go be a superstar. He doesn't. Have, he doesn't have to drop 25 to 30. But if he can be consistent in the teens and be efficient with those and then still get the four or five assists, the four or five rebounds, and have a good stat line, Kentucky's going to be okay. But I'm just thinking from a confidence standpoint, I'd love to see him go score 21 to 23 or 24 in the SEC tournament and then kind of have that game where he gets in the zone and and thinks, okay, I'm Kentucky's go get a bucket guy. You know, when we get into March, this is the stage where guards perform. Oscar's been great all year, but we know backcourts are going to dominate that tournament, and Kentucky's backcourt, they have a good chance of doing it, too.
1: At that Tennessee game is mighty intriguing for Ty Ty Washington. That's where he has his season high uh, at home against Tennessee, and then then at in Knoxville, uh, that's where you know he, he was a game-time decision. He warms up clearly not 100%, really, really struggles to defend, really struggles to get to his spots, can't get the ball to fall through the net, and and uh, he he doesn't play m- much of the second half. So uh, I think it could be a we've seen him at his best and we've seen him at his worst against Tennessee. That'd be a nice uh, what, what are we going to get out of him moving forward in that third uh, head-to-head matchup between the Vols uh, potentially on Saturday. I think that could be – uh, the the game to kind of circle on your calendars going into this weekend that that we could see a a tie tie Washington explosion again.
0: I think so too. And then looking at this SEC tournament bracket, Jack and I just went to my Twitter and pulled up the bracket. I'm, I'm just curious. So we know what the top four is doing. Of five through fourteen, give me a team that you think could go on a run and win two plus games in this tournament. do you you have one? Is it an Alabama? Is it an LSU? If you had to pick looking at that bracket, is there a surprise team? Because we keep talking about these top four, and we always know that it never works out the way that it looks like it's going to work out, and it would be fun if Chalk holds and and gets to Saturday with one through four, but do you see a team that could sneak in and and maybe do some damage and win two games?
1: Well, I I know we said just a couple weeks ago that Vanderbilt was that kind of sneaky team and Them winning two games would present a a third head-to-head matchup against Kentucky in those quarterfinals, Um, and you know you said could it be Alabama? I sure as heck hope not because that would mean that Kentucky gets knocked out in their first round. Uh, I do like LSU. I think they have a favorable matchup. They'd have to play either Ole Miss or Mizzou in that that uh, that Thursday game, and then they'd have a head-to-head against Arkansas. And I think Arkansas. I mean, shoot, they almost lost to Arkansas the first time around with just the. Way LSU defends, and they they kind of get hot at weird times as well. Um. I definitely think that my two teams are either Vanderbilt or LSU, LSU being more likely, but Vandy, you know, you just, you just never know when you have a guy, it's a, it's a guard heavy type of, of tournament where, as you said, guard production kind of wins out and they have arguably the best guard in the, in the SEC and Scotty Pippen Jr. So I think that could definitely be, you know, you get, you get Alabama cold uh, from, from deep and you get, you, you, I think that's a game that Vandy can win. They're obviously going to beat Georgia in the first round. Georgia is one of the worst teams I've ever seen in my life. Uh, And then you get Alabama that second round. I think uh, they could be kind of that sneaky team to watch out for uh, in Tampa.
0: Vandy's actually my pick. I think that they're going to win that first game versus Georgia, and I think they're going to beat Alabama on a neutral floor. And then I think Kentucky beats Vandy in that Friday night game, but Vandy's my pick to, to do something there. But I'm going to give you a couple more teams too. That Florida, Texas AM game on Thursday, those are two teams in Lenardi's next four out. So that's going to be two desperate mm. teams playing there. AM has been playing better as of late. And that was a game that I was paying attention to that I kept saying, does it fall to a quad two for Kentucky? And A&M's gone on a heater here and, and moved up in the net. I think they're up to number 50, like 55, 56. So that's safely a quad one. Yeah. A&M, A&M making a run to Saturday would not surprise me. Like one of those teams in the top half, it would not shock me at all. Mm-hmm. Given that Auburn just celebrated winning the SEC regular season title, they, they feel accomplished. And I could see them... This layoff from Saturday to Friday, I could see an AM or one of those desperate teams kind of maybe sneaking in and finding its
1: way into the semifinals. It wouldn't shock me. And, and I mean, Auburn has struggled. When they've struggled, they've been at their worst uh, away from home. And I think that this is an environment I don't think that they're going to travel very well. Florida is, is already down there. That's It's two hours away from Gainesville, so I have a feeling they're going to travel fairly well. Florida's already beaten Auburn in the regular season, so that's definitely something to keep an eye on. And yet, like you said, Texas a and playing very well. Uh, and I said earlier in the show that Bruce Pearl, uh, historically speaking, has not done very well uh, in the SEC tournament. So that could be a very intriguing... So I, I'd keep a close eye. I, yeah, I, I agree with that. I like, I like that LSU potentially upsetting Arkansas. I could see Vandy making a run to uh, that Friday night game against Kentucky. And then I could see either... I, honestly either of them Texas A&M or Florida beating uh, Auburn on that that Friday afternoon game I think that's definitely an intriguing one to keep an eye on as well.
0: But if you're a Kentucky fan and hopefully everyone sees where I'm coming from with this, you want to win the SEC tournament, right? And you most of the time you would probably cheer for the underdog to to pull some upsets to make it easier for you. I think this is a year where you want the best teams to win. You you want Tennessee to be sitting there on Saturday, you want Auburn there on Sunday. And I think it goes back to what I've been saying for a week or so now, Jack. The one thing that we still do not know about this team is can they beat a really, really good basketball team having to execute down the stretch? They've blown out good basketball teams. But when it comes to beating good teams that are in the tournament that can advance in the NCAA tournament, they've yet to do that in a close game where they've had to execute. I want to see them do that at full strength in this tournament. And I want to see them – I feel like we get more out of them doing that against Tennessee – Arkansas, Auburn, than we do with them doing that against an A&M, a South Carolina, a Vandy, or someone like that. That's why I want chalk to hold and I want the four best teams in the league to be there on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I, I want it to be I want it to be rematched central down in Tampa. I want Kentucky versus Tennessee, and then if you you give me either Auburn or Arkansas, they both beat Kentucky in this la- their their most recent matchups. Everybody was hyping those two games up. Said Arkansas was the best thing since sliced bread. Auburn, they're you know raining confetti over a regular season championship. I I would love love to beat either of those teams on, on Sunday, but uh, you got to start with Tennessee. I, that's definitely a I I you you got kind of smacked in the mouth. You got punched in the mouth in Knoxville. And I think this would be the perfect opportunity. You know, we we initiated the punch the first time around. They responded, and then kind of a, a winner go home situation. I think it would be a perfect uh, a perfect matchup on Saturday. It's definitely one I, I I hope, like you said, I think I hope all four of the the top teams in the conference win on Saturday and create two heck of a two two very impressive matchups to mm-hmm. uh, kind of get us get us to Selection Sunday and get us to the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, and it's. Uh... It's going to be a jam-packed week for us in Tampa. Uh, how many episodes do you think we can record if Kentucky goes all the way Sunday and and gets that bracket? I mean, could, do we get the 10 episodes this week on Sources Say? Like, do we get pre-games, post-games, and, and everything? Like, stay locked in because it, it could be very exciting this week.
1: Yeah, I'm for it. I, I would love to to be able to get down there and and record record several every day. Uh, do live streams, do all that fun stuff. I think we're going to have a heck of a time uh, in Tampa. Before we move on to you know the Sky Clark news and and recruiting and all that stuff, uh, I do want to ask because this was uh, a a topic of conversation that we've discussed. It was literally what we talked about on the pregame show uh, about that, that late game situation and and, uh, how defense has been in recent weeks. I think as a whole UK defended very well against Florida, especially in the first half, I thought they put together a very, very impressive 20 minutes. Uh, But again, down the, down the stretch, like 12 minutes on Cal, kind of went to stall ball and kind of that grind it out mode. Let's just get out of here, get healthy, go home. Uh, and I, I think it was a little frustrating for fans to see that 16-point lead drop all the way down to six in the final minutes, and uh, it's kind of exactly what we've been talking about, and it was just like uh, just like Ole Miss, where you know that you're the better team, you know you have a win locked up, what really are you trying to prove uh, in that head-to-head matchup, and, and, and I think that's why it unfolded the way it did against Ole Miss, and I think that's why it was uh, against Florida, but uh, it did leave again a, a poor taste in Kentucky fans mouth leaving uh, Gainesville because it, it's kind of a, a it's been a recurring theme here the last several weeks and I Cal has already said that he wants it addressed and then uh, literally just right after right after saying that he, he goes out and almost does the exact same thing against Florida uh, is it something or is it nothing Sean that uh, we saw yet another uh, late second half collapse uh, at least in terms of a scoring drought and and giving up a little bit defensively
0: yeah, I'm starting to wonder if this is just a everything that they've had with injuries this year. If he's kind of just pumping the brakes and saying, "Let's just kind of cruise out of here," you know, let's just get out of these games alive, get out of them healthy. It's frustrating to watch because, especially this late in the year, you want them see you want to see them playing their best basketball for 40 minutes. You don't want to see 20 good minutes and then a 12 minute stretch where you're like, uh, you know, there was they left, they left a lot to be desired there. I am a little concerned about it. I'm a little concerned about the late game situations and things like that when it comes to the pressure. And they've got to get some things figured out. I know he mentioned that he shouldn't have had. Uh, was it was it this? It was this game where he mentioned where he shouldn't have had Keon throwing it in at the end, right? When yeah, it was this one. That's what I thought because I know that's happened a couple of times now with with him throwing the ball inbounds. I think they've got to get that figured out late in games with teams pressuring. I think you've got to go to the four guards in a big. I think you've got to go to Grady, Mintz, ty Tai, and Savir on the floor together with Oscar. and Because uh, Oscar shoots the free throws well enough. I mean, he's 5-5 five of five at the line on Saturday. He, he can catch that lob pass there if they're trying to enter the ball uh, with some length. But I think they've got to get their late-game lineup with a lead figured out. If they're up four or five late, sure. When it comes to inbounding the basketball, get your best five on the floor. You know, send somebody to the table when that second free throw goes up for the opposing team. And if they make it, you got a substitution coming in. You can get Keon or somebody out. If they miss it, you've got Keon and those guys in there to help rebound. They got to get that figured out because it happened uh, a couple of games now. It happened against LSU. We saw it late and stuff this week. You got to get that ironed out and, and and taken care of. And I know Tata stepped up and hit free throws at the end, but you want to see them executing and looking comfortable in those situations as well.
1: Yeah, I think that that could be we hopefully we see those things fixed and and resolved in that uh, quarterfinal matchup on Friday you know hopefully it's a Vandy or uh, uh even an Alabama Kentucky's had their number this season but hopefully it, it allows them to kind of work out those rotation kinks and late game situation issues and uh you know I, I think that'd be a good opportunity for them to really start ramping things up when the games uh, matter their matter at, at you know at the peak of of their their meeting I think that's going to be a, a great opportunity for them on, on that Friday night game but let's uh Quickly transition and and wrap up the show with uh, obviously the big news with Sky Clark decommitting from Kentucky. Sean, we've kind of been talking behind the scenes about um, this being a possibility and something that we may need to be talking about on short notice. So uh, it it ended up coming coming out. It came out at an inconvenient time. Again, I was wrapping up my radio show, so I wish I uh, had been kind of more hands on and and available to uh, do a a live stream or kind of an immediate reaction type deal or whatever. But it happened. It's something that I think has been a week or two in the making. And shoot, I, I talked to Sky yesterday and he said that, that he's been thinking about this for several months now. And and uh, I think that this is something that will end up being uh, good news for both sides. I think it's it's something that will benefit both sides. I think Sky is going to go to a place that he feels he's going to be able to contribute immediately and, and really build confidence And talking to him, talking to his dad. Uh, I, I do think that it, it's the the wear and tear of of getting injured. He tore his ACL. Well, a COVID happened. His his junior year comes to a close early. Then he kind of builds up for that EYBL season. You know, high school for a senior year, all that gets to Montverde, all of that. Then he tears his ACL in the summer, completely sets him back. And then he comes back. He plays again. He plays after five and a half months, which is already uh, early, way too early among most. Uh, you know, professional diagnoses. And then I talked to him yesterday, and he even said hey, he's been seeing some kids re injure their knee. Uh, trying to come back a little bit too early and it's kind of gotten him a a little bit worried he hasn't been hurt yet but that has gotten him a little bit worried about how fast he came back and didn't want to get um, you know any more setbacks after the fact and then he and then he breaks his hand he breaks his his finger and and that has you know made him sit out the last couple weeks Uh, he's trying to get back in time for Geico uh, here in the next couple weeks after that but it's just kind of been one thing after the other with Sky, and I think it, it's really started to take a mental toll on him that I think he just looked at himself in the mirror and said, man, I, I just don't want to get to Kentucky and potentially get left behind. I don't want to get there and, you know, me not be 100% ready, not ready to kind of step in and be a starter from day one, and then Cal to recruit over me or try to hit the transfer portal to find an immediate replacement and then me not get a a, a chance down the road or, you know, in year two or whatever. I just think those worries started creeping back in. Uh, but Sean, I know that you were a fan of Skies and and thought he would be a an impact guy at Kentucky down the road as well. What were your thoughts on uh, how the whole process unfolded and the ultimate decision for uh, the the two parties to part ways with one another?
0: Yeah, I, I hate it. You texted me, you know, and was talking about it. I think going into Saturday night and just that there was, you know, was a possibility that. That it could happen and things and it was you know weighing on his mind and and i know that that's a a young man that's been through a ton and you and i've both have have been there and and seen him and visited him in person and watched him play this is prior to the acl injury and now the other injury and it was a guy that i was really excited about i still think he has a ton of potential uh he needs to get himself right you know on the court and then the mental side of this too i mean that's a lot. That's a lot for a young kid to go through, and and I think that you in the interview with you and the story with you, you got to see the maturity of Sky, you know, come out and and talking about he realizes that Kentucky's a place where you've got to be ready for it and you've got to be up to it and you've got to not only be the the on the court player, but you've got to have your mind right in that situation. And I, and I think that Kenny and, and his dad and his family that comes from a really good family Jack I know you and I've talked a lot about that family and just how wholesome they are and just how supportive they are and as a player I really hope that Sky finds the fit that's best for him wherever that's at if that ends up being at Kentucky at some point I know he left the door open for that or if that's it one of the schools that was on the list I know Joel Justice at Arizona State I'm assuming that might be a possibility given that connection when he was at Kentucky but I hate it because I was really looking forward to seeing sky and Lex and I was really looking forward to spending more time and, and talking to that family, but I wish him nothing but the best and, and wherever he goes and whatever he decides, because uh, when you're talking about kids that are put together and they understand what they want in life and it's not just basketball with sky, it's, it's greater than basketball. He's going to be successful, whether it's on the court in life. And, uh, I hope that he's able to take this time to kind of figure it out over the next month or two where he wants to be, where he needs to be, and I'm sure he will.
1: Yeah, this is something that, you know, kind of broke my heart just from a uh, I've gotten really close with him and his family and, you know, talk to his dad all the time. We have a great relationship. One of the most beautiful families, top to bottom, I've ever come in contact with. Like you said, they're wholesome. They're uh, as good as, as good and well-grounded as, as any family you will ever meet. Uh, I know this is a kid that he was, UK was his dream school. I know it was an emotional moment for him when uh, he kind of made the mature decision to take a step back and say, I, I think I need to reevaluate things. I know talking to his dad, he was like, man, I was in tears years uh when when sky kind of came to me it's my understanding in the last week that sky kind of had a a reflection moment where it kind of hit him and he kind of just broke down he was like man i think i think i need to to figure some stuff out i need to have a con a call with with the Kentucky staff and really kind of pick their brains and figure out what, what they're thinking. And I think this could be something that, that we could see uh, us have to part ways. And I think it was just a really mature uh, way for him to handle things. And, and, you know, it, it, it could have been so easy for him, Sean, to say, screw it. I got my scholarship offer from Kentucky, even if I'm not mentally ready yet, if I'm not physically ready yet, I'm going to be by the time I get there in June or whatever it is. Uh, you know he could he could have made that decision, gotten there, and then you know wh- whatever happens. You know I, he he talked extensively in my interview with him about you know the possibility of re-injury and that you know he he has a, a a one of the the girls basketball players at Montverde just tore her ACL for a second time. He just watched Odell Beckham tear his ACL for a second time, the same knee, same exact situation, and I think it it genuinely kind of scared him, and he was like, man, I I don't want to keep ramping up and trying to you know beat something to you know prove a point for rankings or to you know make an all-american team or whatever uh, only to go to to get re-injured and then really really set him back so i think it, it was just a, a an all-around reflection moment for him and his family where it was like look i just need to figure out if this is the right fit for me uh, i've i've said on this show several times now that Xavier wheeler coming back is is very much on the table with nil and I think that's something that made it may have played, and it's not it's not about competing for minutes or anything like that, but it's more so what what is my fit going to be? Am I going to be the Davion Mintz of next year's team? Am I going to be the Dante Allen of next year's team? You know what what is the role going to be for me? And I think when when push came to shove, I just think it, he thought it was in his best interest to take a step back and reevaluate his options. He told me several times, his dad told me several times, Kentucky's not off the list. He may. Uh, you know, kind of reflect back and go, man, none of these places feel like home the way Kentucky was. I'm going to, I'm going to grind it out. I'm going to get myself mentally right and, and be there. Uh, he just wanted to make sure that, that he uh, did what was best for him, did what was best for his family, and did what was best for the Kentucky basketball program as well. Cause I think there is uh, an infinite uh, amount of respect all around between all three parties. And I, I just, um, Wish the wish them all nothing but the best. I know that Sky's going to make a great decision for him and and be successful at wherever wherever he decides to go. Um, it, it's a it's a tough one, but I guess that kind of leads us, Sean. Uh, let's wrap up the show with this. Now that there is a a vacant spot at the guard position, what do you anticipate Kentucky do? Uh, you know, assuming Xavier Wheeler comes back, but you know Xavier was could have come back even with Sky in the fold as well so what do you think they do now that there is an open scholarship at the guard position do you expect them to you know try for a reclass do you see him go for the portal uh, what what do you think John Calipari is going to do well i do think
0: that Xavier Wheeler is coming back and then i'll get into that uh, momentarily here but i think this is going to be a portal replacement when it comes to reclassification I just think that the way Kentucky basketball has constructed its roster in this season is the way that it should be every season moving forward until something changes. You go get the elite of the elite when it comes to high school. You've got that coming in. You've got Chris Livingston, Caseen Wallace. You have Shaden Sharp already on your roster. Don't just fill a roster spot with someone that that you're looking at that that needs time. You Go get someone from the portal. You're going to have plenty of options. There's going to be plenty of names sitting in the portal – you're coming off a really good year, we'll see where Kentucky ends. If it's a national championship, final four, or wherever it is, it's a really good year for them. They've seen these guards go to Kentucky, these transfers like Oscar Sheebway, Sabir Wheeler, they've seen them go have success. The Kellen Gradys go get someone from the portal that has that collegiate experience that can immediately help you walk in and accept a role with the rest of the guys you have on your roster. I don't know who that guy is because obviously we can't speculate, you want to wait and see names hit the portal. As soon as these teams start getting eliminated, whether it be in conference tournament week, first week in the NCAA tournament, you're going to have names hit the portal. While we're covering Kentucky, hopefully, in the NCAA tournament, we're going to be able to start talking and maybe looking and saying, okay, that's a guy to keep your eye on. That's a really good guy that was efficient at scoring the ball at, at all three levels. They can shoot the ball. They can distribute, be a really good guard. Uh, coming in and kind of helping Savir. I think is going to go portal. I, I just don't think it'll be a reclass. The only way I could, the only way I could ever see it being a reclass, Jack, is if uh, if if Wagner were to commit and decide to reclass and and move up. But I, I just don't, I don't know if that's going to be on the table or not. But that that would be the reclass I would take if it were happening. But if it's not the elite of the elite, you go to the portal.
1: Yeah, and I think the DJ Wagner talk has been out there and, and you know, the timing did align that uh, I believe Sky actually sent the text to Coach Cal that he was considering a, you know, potentially parting ways the night that he was actually up in the Northeast watching DJ Wagner play. So uh, I think fans kind of put two and two together and said, oh, maybe Cal's going to be pushing for a reclass. Uh, look, he's already young for his age as a junior in high school. Uh, if you were going to re- get him to reclass, I-, I genuinely think it would be in a, a red shirt scenario or a using, ca- you know, break in case of emergency type s- situation. I do not think that they would want him to come in and be an immediate contributor because he art. I mean, he's already he's small. He's six three that like a buck sixty five. I mean, he's he's super thin, very small needs to fill out a little bit more this is a kid that's going to be very good down the road but you don't want to you don't want to rush the process with him and potentially kind of kill what he can be kill that potential of what he can be down the road uh, so i genuinely think that uh, again they'll hit the portal they'll find the best point guard available uh, and kind of find uh, i think case and wallace will now kind of step in and be that uh you know ty ty washington role i think he's going to have a, an expanded role now that sky he won't be sharing minutes with sky uh, I think that you already, if Xavier comes back, he's obviously going to be the Xavier, and I think they're they're going to try to find uh, that next, you know, Davion Mintz type guy. They're going to try to find that glue glue scorer off the bench, uh, or you know, if they're not as confident in Case, and I think that they're going to be confident enough for Case to play immediately. Uh, if not, then the, then find the tie tie replacement and have Case and be your Davion Mintz, However, you want it to unfold. You got CJ Frederick back. You got, uh, you, you know, you, you're still waiting on Shade and Sharp. That's that will also kind of determine what Kentucky does on that front. Uh, do you need scoring? Do you need defense? Do you need just pure shooting? Uh, I think it, it opens up the door for Kentucky to get a little creative here and find the best fit possible. They're in no rush whatsoever. They didn't sign their guards until I believe May of last year. Both Ty Ty and. Uh, and Xavier. So again, we're still two months away from where we were last time around. So I, I there's no rush whatsoever. Um, I definitely think that, it, that it, it's going to be okay for Kentucky. They're going to be able to find a very solid replacement. I think, so, so, I think Sky going to find a great fit for himself. And I think Kentucky's going to find uh, a fine replacement in the transfer portal as well, where I think both sides are going to be, uh, just, just fine at the end of the day. So, um, very very sad that that we have to say goodbye to sky and maybe he decides to come back however that unfolds i know that there's a very strong mutual respect between both sides we've seen kids you know go elsewhere and then come back to the transfer portal maybe he wants to uh, you know, maybe he'll end up recommitting or whatever. You never know. But I, 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 do wish him the very best, and I just want fans to know that Kentucky is going to be fine. They're going to find uh, somebody, somebody very good in the portal to uh, kind of replace re- replace Sky and, and give give you some immediate production. So, Sean, it's a uh, all all is still very well in the world of UK athletics.
0: They it, it is, and there's there's one note before we wrap up here. The more this thing goes along. I feel like Savir Wheeler might be the most disrespected player that Kentucky's had under Cal. And you know why? Because when this news broke yesterday, I had so many comments on stories saying, ah, oh, I wanted him over Wheeler next year. I just think I, he was going to play over so – he would have played over Savir Wheeler and all this stuff. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, what has what Savir Wheeler done – to kind of get this attention to the point where majority of the fans love him, but then you have like 20% of them that are like, man, I wish anyone could play over Wheeler. Like the dude's leading the SEC in assists. Like what are you talking about? Like I just feel like there's there's a mix there with with people, and I don't know if it's just the way that Wheeler plays, but I feel like he gets a lot of criticism that's not really warranted, and I think he's been very good for Kentucky this year, and fans should absolutely cheer and be thrilled if he's back next year,
1: yeah, and I, I'll tell you this: talking to Sky and his family, they had nothing but respect for Xavier, and I think that kind of made the d- decision more difficult because I think they were slightly intrigued with the idea of of you know one of the best floor generals in college basketball kind of taking Sky under his wing and doing that. That was kind of it was kind of the push and shove of that. You know, yes, I'm going to be competing for minutes with him, and it does kind of make my fit a little bit more uncomfortable. But goodness gracious, what an awesome opportunity to learn from a guy like that! Uh, kind of a a a best case scenario for Sky, a better shooting, uh, you know, Sky is a better shooter and and kind of scorer. But in terms of a facilitator and ball handler, what's what Sky really wants to be, uh, I think that you can't get a better example than Xavier Wheeler. So that's that. That was kind of something that it kind of sucks, but it also just. Goes to show, there's a lot of respect there, and I think they know just how good Savir is and what he can be, la- uh, what he can be for Kentucky next year. So, that yeah, this is nothing but good news on that front. If if Savir decides to come back again, it's very very early, but. Uh, if if he's trending that direction, that is nothing but good news for Kentucky. So let's uh, let's wrap up. We have a whole week of, of shows to go through, plenty more to discuss. We're going to be down in Tampa together and roll out podcasts after podcast. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So let's get out of uh, this show in particular with one final note. From our friends at Prize Picks. the NBA season is well underway, and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former Wildcats play than by playing Daily Fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks, Prize Picks is the simplest form of real-money Daily Fantasy sports. And just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win ten times your money for getting four or five predictions correct. Download the Prize Picks app or visit PrizePicks.com using promo code Pilgrim to get an instant one hundred percent bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Don't forget that the pri- that's the PricePix app or PricePix.com using promo code Pilgrim to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your favorite former Kentucky Stars to the next level. Sean Smith, let's get out of here. Where can fans find your work?
0: You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry
1: find me on twitter as well at jack pilgrim ksr reach out to me via email at j at with that we'll be back next time for another jam-packed sources say podcast we will see you then